Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Adam Pianis is the founder of The Art of Masterful Communication, a leadership coach and mentor, consultant and Forbes columnist, as well as an avid surfer, world traveller and huge fan and supporter of the Girls Athletic Leadership School. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. You're very welcome. And I'm excited about talking about modern leadership today. But first, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are? Sure, sure, sir. So I am. Um, I have uh, a company that focuses on leadership development uh, within organizations, primarily. We also do it at the individual level. And so when I talk about leadership development, it can mean lots of different things to lots of different people, right? It could be a leader within your organization or just a leader in your own life, the way that you operate and move through your days. So it's really about bringing a sense of empowerment into your life, whether it be personally or professionally. So I, you know, I, I guess if I were to define what I do individually, I'm, I'm a coach. Um, I've been a teacher, coach, facilitator in various capacities for the past 25 years. Um, it just so happens the last seven years or so, I, I work primarily with adults uh, that, that are in organizations, corporate America, startup companies, so on and so forth. So coaching, business development, uh, coaching, leadership development, and facilitation, I would say, is, is, is kind of what I do, or it is what I do. Yeah, fantastic. So I suppose that brings us into what modern leadership is. I'm assuming that you've been through enough or had enough experience where you've had good leadership, bad leadership. So what do you define modern leadership as? Sure, yeah. So I, I certainly have had a lot of different experiences with various leaders. Um, when I think about where we are today and when I when I define leadership in terms of what I, what I view or what I've seen to be um, effective in, in, in modern day is, is essentially what I refer to as modern leadership. If in, in real simple terms, if we look at um, leadership as a paradigm shift over the last decade, right, or a couple decades, the old paradigm of leadership was predominantly um, within a, a very clear hierarchical structure where there's a boss and there are subordinates and the boss barks instructions at, at others. And there's a lot of, of gatekeeping, if you will, um, in terms of who's privy to certain conversations. There's a lot of evaluating that would happen in the past. And oftentimes, and, and what I found that methodology lends to is, is separation from uh, leaders and others, right? And so modern leadership is, is more about asking questions, being curious, um, encouraging others to participate, understanding that the people within teams and organizations, everyone has the answers inside of them. It's refraining from barking instructions at others, and it's more of a collaborative process where, um, in many respects, the, the levels within the organizations tend to flatten out a bit more. There is, there is structure, there is hierarchy, right? You're going to have your managers and your VPs and so on and so forth. However, the energy and the approach to leadership feels a lot different in, in kind of this modern leadership environment. 
Yeah, I've definitely seen it changing uh, in different sort of organisations, the big ones especially, because it used to be that hierarchy, wasn't it? And it was always seen, oh, the manager is the leader, but they're really not, are they? Because they, they might manage the work and the processes, that type of thing. But the leadership really is a lot more of the, well, I don't like calling them soft skills, but it's more that different side where they're emotionally intelligent, they're, they're, they are collaborative and they, they do a lot more in leading by example as well. Yeah, no, it's, I, that's fantastic. You know, the, the 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 belief that we hold to within my organization and the work that we do with others is that everyone has innate leadership abilities. And so regardless of where you fall within the structure of things or the infrastructure of things, you as an individual are a leader. And so having that mindset in and of itself is, is really, it's empowering. And so and it also tends to, again, allow for a lot more collaboration. So um, it, it is a matter of, it, it's, it's sort of a bit of a perspective shift from, from perhaps the old perspective that we used to hold to. Do you find a lot of organizations now realizing that they need to develop leaders um, because they're essential to how their organizations thrive? Yeah, there's so the organizations that hold to that belief that there's an opportunity to develop leaders at all levels, I believe, are the ones that will thrive in the coming years. Um, you know, there's a lot of leadership development programs where they really focus on developing the, the VPs and the, and the senior level managers. However, those that are understanding that everyone has innate leadership abilities, as, as I just mentioned, are the ones that will thrive and primarily because as we move forward, our, the workforce will continue to be more dispersed and more diverse than ever before. And so when you think about, when, when you envision what a workforce will look like, um, it's gonna be really important and critical for companies to, to take on that belief system, uh, given that, that, our, that our organizations are just gonna look a lot, a lot different and they're gonna function a lot differently. And so, if you want to make the most out of your opportunity, then, then viewing everyone as a leader, I think, is going to be what's the most beneficial. Yeah, it is interesting with the times that we've had that the way the traditional organisation is, like you go to work and everyone works together and they have their pods and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. it's sort of changing, isn't it? Because Pete, there are a lot more people working from home and, and there's the realisation that people can work from home and they are productive at home. Do you think that's um, a big thing and that it's more difficult to be a leader when you're working from home or...? What do you see about around that? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's more difficult or easier or or anywhere along that spectrum. It's just it's just a shifting dynamic, right? And so when we give people in some respects the autonomy of working from home, essentially we're saying, um, without directly saying it, you know, we trust you to get your work done. We trust that you're going to be able to manage your day. And in many respects, there's, there really is no other choice as workforce become more dispersed. So, um, you know, granting that trust or earning that trust or whatever it is, um, again, I'm not sure if it's more difficult or easier. It's just a matter of how cultures are shifting. And so this idea of modern leadership really supports that because if you are a leader, a manager, a VP, whatever it is, that element of trust becomes, I think, it it comes to the forefront here a lot more because I can't necessarily walk down the hall and have a conversation with somebody as I may have been able to before. So 
empowering the other person, acknowledging them, letting them know that you believe that they have the ability to work independently and autonomously, I think is going to be, it's going to be huge in terms of teams being able to collaborate and succeed. I think trust is a big thing that came out. Um, I know when I've been involved in organizations, trust was a big thing because people were saying, oh, they don't trust me to do this. They micromanage me. And the ones that might have become the natural leaders that would step up weren't stepping up because they felt they were being suppressed by that old, I suppose, regime of how we, we looked on our employees. But that level of trust now, because as you said, we have to trust people because they're working from home. These are the times that we're in at the moment. Is, is really, really important, isn't it, that people are going, oh, well, they trust me now. I am doing the work. I've shown them that. Then they think they maybe can step up to the next level. Yeah, yeah. The, the, trust is the biggest factor, the underlying factor, the connective tissue, whatever you want to call it, that allows organizations to succeed. Um, you know, the, the question I always have is, do you know anyone that really loves being micromanaged? I don't know anyone that really appreciates being on the receiving end of that. And so there's a couple things that come into play. Having the dispersed workforce in and of itself, just per the dynamics of it requires trust. However, trust is something that I believe is earned over time. And the way that we learn that we earn trust is by establishing deeper, more meaningful, emotional connections with one another. So there's a level of authenticity that comes into play and a level of vulnerability in terms of the way we communicate with one another. And a lot of that type of dialogue or the way we interact with one another is, is in many respects is kind of a new way of relating to one another in the workplace. So what's happened now that we've had these dispersed workforces is that people have felt isolated, lonely, disconnected. There's a lot of stuff that's come to the surface. So if I'm a manager or I'm just a colleague connecting with someone in the other end, really um, being curious about how they're doing emotionally, like asking meaningful questions about that connects one another on a human level is what will ultimately establish that trust. And so it's important to, it's important to build in that type of dialogue within organizations in order to, to have the trust. It, it isn't just solely, well, you work at home, I have to trust you. That is part of it. However, it requires, I believe, more meaningful connections. When we look at the attributes of um, these modern leaders, what are some of the things, I know we've talked about being collaborative and maybe a bit more emotionally intelligent. What are some of the things that maybe if they came to you and said, I want to become one of these modern leaders or I want to learn more about leadership, what's some of the things that you'll be looking for? Yeah, another great question. Emotional intelligence, you mentioned it, comes to the forefront for me. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, this vulnerability and authenticity, as I was just sharing with you, in order to be able to speak authentically or in order to be vulnerable with somebody else, we as individuals have to be able to do that within ourselves first, right? So, so doing the work, understanding the energetics in terms of how an individual moves through the day, what triggers our emotional responses? Why do we get upset? What are the things that get us upset? What are, our, as individuals, our blind spots? Like, what are we not privy to? What are some of the patterns and behaviors that me as an individual has perhaps not allowed me to function at the most optimal level, right? So, so ultimately, all the things that I'm talking about are fall within the framework of developing self-awareness. It's taking time to understand how we as individuals move through the day. If 
an individual or team or organization is willing to support that type of growth and, and exploration, um, we, that's where modern leadership begins. It begins within ourselves so that when someone else is having an issue, rather than saying, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I don't know how to deal with that. If you've dealt with your own issues, you, you ultimately become more empathetic and you can connect with others as they're going through their own stuff. So it starts from within and then it's, it's extended outward. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that is one of the things that I do because I work a lot with the neuroscience and neuro change, things like that, and rewiring the brain. And it does start with you because how can you actually go out there and help others if you're really not helping yourself, if you've got all these limiting beliefs or if you've got this fixed mindset where you don't think you can change or you have a fear of failure yourself, it's very difficult to help others when you've got all these things going on for yourself as well. Yeah, and it's it's you're so spot on. It's the stories that we tell ourselves that we tell ourselves about ourselves are um, are ultimately the things that hold us back. And all they are are stories at the end of the day. And when you can extract those stories and, and take them, remove them, maybe put them put them on the table, they're just a pile of judgments that we hold against ourselves, right? And so to rewire the brain, to create new storylines, to create new belief systems requires that sense of self-awareness. And ultimately it requires the practice of self-compassion. But if we can give ourselves compassion, forgive ourselves for any judgments we're holding against ourselves, it's a lot easier to have compassion for others. Yeah, exactly. And do you find the people that have, okay, those you say we can all be leaders with all of that innate ability to be a leader. Some have it more naturally that they are more, I suppose, aware of what others are doing just naturally, but others have to work on this. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone comes into the world in a different place, right? I think there, there are people who just are born with um, a sense of self-awareness. They're born with a sense of empathy for others. And oftentimes you know, we can, we can sort of put those folks in this bucket of just being hypersensitive. And oftentimes for those folks to get to that level, they have to go through some pretty troubling times, right? To deal with their sensitivity, to learn how to use it effectively. And so everyone I think has their own gifts and sometimes those are the gifts of certain people. So there's like just this inherent understanding of how people operate, right? And so they, they're just become natural born leaders. However, you know, even those folks who we can claim as being having this gift have to continue to work on it and develop and evolve and change. And so, again, I, I love this idea of even like evening out the playing field, right? So we can look at one another in the eyes and realize that we are um, equal, right, in many respects, and that we all always have an opportunity to grow and evolve as leaders, as individuals. And it, and it ultimately doesn't become a game of compare and contrast, right? If we can extract the gifts of each individual, if we can look at one another and, and recognize those gifts in each other, um, that in and of itself is leadership development, really in a nutshell. Do you find there's some organizations that are resisting this because there is a lot of work involved? I mean, we've often heard organizations bringing people in for personal development and training and I get trained in like Myers-Briggs and all those behavioral profiling tools and things which is great that gives them sort of an awareness around things but they're, they're really just doing it because they think they have to spend a certain budget on their training and that's it they don't really believe in this this whole side of leadership yeah so so there's there's a lot of 
studies out there recently that that look have, have looked closely at the different um, corporate cultures over the last couple of years through the pandemic and so on and so forth. And um, this idea of modern leadership has really risen to the forefront. Call it um, transformational leadership. There's there's this element of emotional intelligence that that really comes into play. And um, I think the stat suggested that 81% of modern leaders work in organizations where um, all employees view themselves as leaders, right? So there is this connection to from top-down approach where we're gonna say, okay, we're, we're gonna empower everyone as a leader and therefore we're gonna develop these modern leaders. So when we talk about leadership development programs, as you suggested, you know, what, what we do in our organization is we run six-week programs within companies because we want to allow um, integration to be part of it. I think what often happens is someone will come in and there'll be an assessment that they learn or they'll go and do a workshop for a day and everyone's giving each other high fives and then two days later, it's completely forgotten. And so what we try to do is spread a program out over the course of six weeks. So we do a little bit of teaching, a little bit of coaching, uh, some dialogue, and then we allow for integration, and then we sort of repeat over the course of six weeks. So the companies that have embraced that, or the companies that have an opportunity to embrace programs where these things are the focus, and they allow for integration, and they allow for deeper connection, I think are the ones that are going to thrive. Yeah, I totally agree with that because that's something I've had conversations only recently with some other people around this is that, yeah, it's great to send um, your employees maybe to a keynote. Yeah, they love it for about 24 hours and they forget about it. And okay, you might bring somebody in to do a workshop. Fantastic. It might last for a week. Yep. But really, it's that ongoing stuff. And I feel that the six weeks is a good time period as well, just to sort of get that integration because it's got to be that ongoing work. There's no magic pill, pill with this. There's got to be something more and to, to allow things to integrate and to allow people to get to know themselves a lot more as well. Yeah, I, I really, really believe that companies that commit to personal development over the course of the year where they're offering some form of continuing education. You know, our, our programs at the end of six weeks, what we learned is that people want more. Mm -hmm. At the end of six weeks, they're like, all right, I feel immersed in this process. I wanna keep going forward. And it's a wonderful indicator that when you provide people with a platform that feel safe and you provide them with a platform where they're learning skills and you provide them with, with a, with a place that they can go and connect deeply with the people they work with. Those are the things that feel good, right? So why not give them things that feel good? I think um, it's been shown in a lot of research that that sort of stuff is what will reward your employees more so than just the bonuses or you yes. know, extra coffee breaks and more holidays, whatever it is. It's that type of thing so that they feel as though they're valued. Yeah, and that's the key word is value, right? Is that in, in the younger generations are being far more vocal around, I don't really care about the 3% bump in raise. Like I want something that, that moves me on an emotional level. I want to feel as if the work that I'm doing is connected to my values. So, so choosing that word values, I think is, is, is really is the perfect word choice. And, and what they found in a lot of studies as well is that some of the older generations call them boomers or Gen X or whatever you wanna call it. They may not articulate that, the, that it's important for them for the work to connect to their values, but when they actually ran studies, 
they showed that all generations across the board feel that that's really important to them, that they want to feel that the work that they're doing is connected to their values. And so you have to be able to, if you don't know what your values are, it's difficult to connect to them, right? And so that's where the self-awareness piece comes in. It's a big thing if they don't know your values and you're feeling out of alignment and you're feeling not great about things and you're making decisions and then you feel sick in the stomach and those type of things, it's usually a trigger of you're not living to your values. You're not working in the job that it's aligned with your values and there's something going on. So I, I agree. It's really, really important to know your values and then start living your life around those values because otherwise mm. you're just not going to be enjoying your life. It's not going to be fulfilling and you won't feel valued anywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's really well said. And, and there's a piece in there I just want to kind of shine a light on is that our bodies are, are often clear indicators of when things are not feeling aligned from within, right? If you have a stomach ache or you constantly have a headache or your back hurts or whatever it may be, we can attribute those things to these external events that happen in our day-to-day. However, I think when you look a little bit deeper, it's often due to misalignment from within. So I, I think that's really spot on. Yeah, I love that. Well, thanks, Adam, so much for talking about this modern leadership. I love it. I love talking about, you know, what it really means. And it's, um, it is moving towards that way that, you know, I think employers are valuing their employees enough to take them through this. And I think if people want to know more about what you do and what sort of leadership programs you have, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, cool. So there's really two places, I think, Right now, one is our web, our company website, which is my name. It's adampiendes.com, and that's P-I-A-N-D-E-S. Um, I also run a Facebook group called Modern Leaders, right? And so there's an opportunity to join that group. I do a, a Facebook Live every week. We answer questions. We have pretty good dialogue in there. And we recently launched that group about a month ago. So we have a couple hundred members, and it's growing. And that'd be a good place to connect. So yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. That was fun. Igniters, Adam is so passionate about modern leadership. If you want to know more about what he does, go to his website, adampiandas.com. For more about rewiring your brain to change your behavior and achieve your goalsgo go to my website, leanneblaney.com.